Welcome to a special bonus episode of Star Trek Hit or Miss podcast. It's a little shorter than our usual episodes, but we just couldn't let the opportunity go by without discussing the premiere of the latest series to bear the Star Trek name, Strange New Worlds. I'm DK, and joining me, as usual, today is usual host, Mike Wilson. Hello, Mike. Hello, hello. We will also briefly touch upon uh, Picard Series 2 now that it's finished with a bit of a retrospective, but we might be talking about that in depth more in the coming weeks, perhaps, with a, with maybe a guest. We'll see. <laughs> nice one. How are you doing? I'm guessing you were uh, there as early as possible to catch the premiere? Of Strange New Worlds, I actually wasn't. Um, it was. Yeah. It's been a, a busy oh. few days. I've had a few um, personal things that have been going wrong for me, shall we say? Um, but I was also um, I was off to see the new Doctor Strange film on Thursday, uh, which is when it officially kind of dropped for us here in America. <clears throat> so <laughs> so uh, it was the next day when I watched it, and it was actually I think after I'd watched the Picard series two finale. Um, but yeah, Fair normally enough. I would have been quicker on it, but it was just such a busy time. Yeah. The listeners know at this point that if Mike and I sound a little croaky, we're only just about 10 minutes ago finished recording a review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness <laughs> for our sister Silver Screen podcast. So please do look for that in the coming days, both on YouTube and on all major podcast servers. And apologies if it sounds like we're sharing a bong. I assume we're not high, we're just a little out of voice. No, I'm Should not. Also I, don't, add... I, don't, <laughs> I don't get high. Life's disappointing enough. I don't need to come down. <laughs> God. <laughs> I should also add that if you haven't yet seen the first episode of Strange New Worlds, have no fear, we're not openly discussing any major spoilers, and it's more to give you the first impressions of the show, because as regular listeners know by now, we are the arbiters of taste for an entire generation, hence why we both <laughs> adore the episode, Move Along Home. <laughs> Adore's a stretch, like, maybe. <laughs> Almeray! Right. Chula! As you... <laughs> I'm just going to start doing that next series. That's going to become the running joke. You're going to be deep in just... thought in the middle of a review, and I'll just go, Chula! Oh, game on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start something you can't finish. Oh, no. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> well, as you were saying, it was also the season finale of Picard this week. I'm not going to dwell on it, other than to give him a, a brief review, but because uh, it's not why we're here, but... How was it for you, Mike? I'll be honest, I didn't love it. I thought I was thought I was gonna like this season a lot more than I ended up doing. And in the end, I just had real issues with gaps in logic and things that didn't make sense and things that went unexplained, and the finale as a result fell kind of flat for me. I can see what a lot of people are raving about in terms of the emotional scenes without getting into spoilers. Um, because there are a couple of scenes that are quite emotional and they kind of work. But to me, it just seemed like it was like watching audition scenes out of context because the plot around them just is like Swiss cheese. It makes no sense. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah. think I was one of those that got caught up in the emotion of the ping rather than the uh, the logic, as it were. Having said I that, really I, am, I, am, I am drafting my uh, my pitch to pocketbooks as we speak. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I can't get into it too much without spoilers, but it just seemed like character motivations twisted completely on a dime from the rest of the series just to give you a moment at the end so now i think watching it back as a whole if you were to do it things that happen in episode two and three are going to make absolutely no sense which is weird because it just feels like it wasn't written as a cohesive whole much like season one it was just kind of pieces that they were trying to jigsaw together um yeah even with the kind of one thing they set up in episode one that they did pay off which i have a major issue with i really hate <laughs> but yeah anyway <laughs> I, d I don't think you're alone in that. I mean, I, I, I have seen a lot of threads online regarding this. It did. It started off really, really strongly and then kind of meandered for quite some time. So everybody's first impressions were really good. And even though I found the season enjoyable, it did kind of spin its wheels a little in the middle and didn't really give any closure on quite a lot of things. But as I say, for me, the emotion got to me because I'm a bit of a soppy git like that. So, yeah, not fair enough. Um, no, I just thought, like I said, it was kind of, I couldn't get past things that were, they, they, some of them are geeky complaints, said the fact that they spent a good three episodes spinning their wheels, 
but at the end of 10 episodes, we've got like six or seven big questions that aren't answered. It's kind of unforgivable. you know. Plus, it doesn't look like we're going to get them answered because this isn't a spoiler for the episodes, but it's been revealed if you've been anywhere near social media that 90% of the cast aren't coming back. So it seems like season three is going to be connected in no way. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's, it looks more like it's going to be a TNG reunion on this last one. It is. As I said to you in, uh, I think I left a tweet or something kind of sarcastic message that was like, yeah, I haven't loved series one and two, but I'm looking forward to Star Trek The Next Generation season eight. Because <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> but do you, do you, you know, knowing what you do now as regards to season one and two, do you have faith that they will pull that one off? Given that it's completely different, like I know that the, the writer has kind of stuck up for parts of season two, but he didn't write the majority of it and he's been given free reign for season three. And he's the one that loved a lot of the stuff that's kind of been stuff I responded to in season two. So the kind of references back to next gen episodes and characters. And he was the one that, as far as I can tell, really pushed for them getting like new ship designs and things that fans were clamoring for that didn't seem like a priority before. So if he can bring that love of next gen to a coherent plot, then I still have hope that season three can pull it out of the bag for me. That and I didn't care about any of the characters that have gone because of my issues with the first two seasons, with the with the exception of the two characters that are actually sticking around. So I'm kind of fine with that. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's fair enough, I guess. Well, see, series two, I thought was just to give some overall thoughts. I thought series two was an improvement on series one. I can't really see it's it's a particular hit. So. And it's a shame because, again, from the first couple of episodes, I thought I was really going to love this season. Um, and yeah. it's just, yeah, it ended up really disappointing. For... Anyway, we'll get on to the next thing. Hopefully that'll be a bit better for you. Strange now New World has been what seems like a long time coming. Introduced back in 2019 during Season 2 of Discovery, revamped Christopher Pike, Spock and Number One, all of whom who originally appeared in the uh, Trek's original pilot, The Cage, with such a hit with fans of the show, there's immense pressure on Paramount for another show with this crew of the Enterprise. And after testing the waters with a couple of uh, episodes in season two of Short Treks, development began on the series in earnest in 2020. Now, it's felt like an absolute age because, as we all know, time flies when you're having fun. And being in the midst of a <laughs> pandemic for two years is pretty much the antithesis Ugh. of that. So uh, each leak's been excruciating, such has been the positivity surrounding this show. But as we all know, the first episode premiered for most of us <clears throat> on the 5th of this month. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, I, I should stress that in our neck of the woods, Paramount Plus is officially still not available. As Paramount in they the have given a date. Thought, they were nice enough yes, to say, Yo, yes. just, just be spoiled for the first eight episodes and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's in June for you. I mean, yeah. by the time I get a Paramount ah. Plus, I might be up to date, you know, so I don't get season, I season seven I keep ruined. forgetting you're in Spain. I didn't look to see where it was arriving in the rest of Europe. I'm sorry. Well, apparently it's France, Germany and Italy by the end of this year. And there's Oof. been no mention of Spain. So I think Ouch. we're, you know, left out in the cold again. And so if you're wondering how we've seen this episode, um, we flew to America. <clears throat> yes. And we have a friend that has Paramount Plus. <laughs> Did you ever used to do that thing back in the playground where you were just like, I've seen the newest Star Trek episode. I've got a friend who works in Paramount. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Send me, me. <laughs> yeah, send me a tape. So I've seen DS9 that you haven't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but for most of us, ourselves included, we saw it on the 5th of this month. So, uh, so Mike, in your opinion, was it worth the wait? I will say overall, um, yeah, I think so. I think um, it's it's kind of weird to say anything about this because everything there is to be said about it has been said, and I just end up agreeing with a lot of it um, in terms of it's what we expected, <laughs> which is a, a welcome relief because a lot of the things people were kind of, I mean, I'm judging off only one episode, but a lot of the things people were looking forward to about it seems to be the case. So yes, it does have that Star Trek optimism. It is a return to episodic storytelling, but with the added bonus of actually having the chance to serialize the characters uh, through it. So you can still appreciate that side of things, if that makes sense at all. Um, so yeah, and it's just, yeah. it's to me, it was just, I was trying to sum it up when it was just kind of like, it came back to something, again, that you were saying about the episode Move Along Home of all things, which is just like, as I was watching it, I was like, this is like a comfy Star Trek blanket in a way that I haven't yeah. necessarily felt for a while because I love all of the current shows, don't get me wrong, but a lot of them are very high stakes drama at all times, 
you know, one plot. We don't have time to wait around. And this just felt like, oh, I'm comfy. I'm back on the bridge of the Enterprise with my friends. And, you know, (laughs) um, not not to say that there wasn't a mission and it wasn't exciting and it wasn't really cool, but it just felt like, you know, it was good not having a galactic universe threat at stake and being able to just think, you know, we can we can take things a bit slower and explore the cosmos a bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, as you say, there is always a danger that when your expectations, and we have been waiting for this quite a while, that when your expectations are so high, invariably at some point you're going to get disappointed. As we've, you know, if you listen to our sister podcast, you'll you'll be well aware of this. But uh, But you didn't get that feeling at all with this, yeah? Not really. There was a couple of things I had issue with, which I'm sure I'll get into, but um, not really. I just loved that. I mean, I was I was always going to love it because I was one of the people, one of the many people that loved season two of Discovery and who the biggest takeaway from that was, you know, I'd love to see a Pike, Spock, Una, Enterprise in those days series, uh, which I never thought would happen. And then when it was announced, I was like, oh, this is a win because surely you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> no, and to no. me, yeah, they, did, they didn't set a foot wrong. I'm not going to be one of these idiots that's out here complaining about race swapping of a, of a cartoon character. That's ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> we'll come to that in a little bit. <laughs> so that didn't bother me. I was actually just thinking, what a good actor. And, uh, you know, being the Trekkie idiot that I am, I'm now like, hmm, I wonder if we can go back and see the, the Captain April voyages. Yeah, that, you well. never know. That could be the next thing. <laughs> I, I mean, why I, not? <laughs> I do like, I, with, with regards to these, type of people i do like that they refer back and make a point of doing so to season two of discovery because for some reason a certain subsection felt the show this show would try and ignore it when already it wears oh. its foundations very much on its sleeve and i really do like that that was one note i did make was that i thought the same way i thought like i really hope they don't because and again this has been a controversy and i i have been somebody who's vocally against this as well i kind of agree with the complainers that I don't love the people that are reviewing this by going, finally, it's a return to the Star Trek we've always wanted and better than all that other new stuff. And it's like, it only exists because of Discovery to a point that it is literally vital to this plot. Um, So I don't think you could watch this without having seen Discovery season two, or if you did, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, So yeah, I love that they not only acknowledged that those events happened, but that they were literally key to the plot. Yeah, it is kind of flipping, flipping the nose at that that kind of little subsection, and as petty as it is, I do like that. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, saying that, it seems like they're kind of annoying the sort of people that should be annoyed, which is those kind of idiots that are like, "Oh, all the new tracks bad." But at the same time, the people that have legitimate issue with certain things that are really geeky, they kind of have listened, if that makes sense. So even though it's even though it's ridiculous, I really do appreciate the kind of. The uniforms getting closer and closer to TOS and the bridge and the sets looking just that little bit closer and the Enterprise looking as dang near as it could possibly look and even the appearance of a ship that was straight from an old Franz Joseph technical manual. That was, was a nice, nice little touch. I did that like is that. Glorious. And I was and, not expecting that. I was I was fully expecting they're gonna save money by using the discovery ships because they've got them. And they didn't, they've made at least two or three new designs. I was like, oh. I'm easily the one winning over, but you know, you give me new ships that look of the era, and I'm just like, yep, I'm there. And <laughs> Tell me whatever story. A, yeah, and speaking as a huge fan of Enterprise, I absolutely adore that they called it Archer. Yes, I hope that's not too big of a spoiler for anybody. But oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> Forget that. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's fair enough. It's not really plot related, but yeah, it was a yeah. it was a really nice touch. It really was, along many other things. But I think that's. Without getting into any huge spoilers, I think one of the things that you can say about this, or that I certainly would say, is that it's definitely respectful of what's gone before. Um, there's even a slight change to canon, which I thought I was going to have an issue with, but don't. And that they kind of try their best to skirt around because they clearly do know that what they're doing, if that makes sense. It's going to, I really can't discuss it without spoilers, but I that's, kind of appreciate Yeah. <laughs> that's fair that's enough. Weird. Yeah. I mean, as, as you said earlier, it's it's Strange New Worlds. It's going to be a more, it's the format's going to be more episodic rather than serialized storytelling. I mean, I know yeah. it's difficult to gauge from the opener alone, but going forward, how well do you think it's going to going to work in in these days of you know well, obviously? The thing is that 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 leads to a few of my criticisms, and again, I really hope they don't they aren't spoilers, and you forgive me, and maybe if they are, but. My biggest bugbear is that I really don't love Captain Pike's through line because I feel like it's just 
it's the wrong thing to have latched onto. It's frankly a little bit disrespectful to do the whole I'm disabled, so I'm as good as dead thing. That sits yeah. really badly with me. Um, so that's one I thing. I can kind I mean, of see uh, where they're coming from it with the point of view of the character. But on the whole, it's a very tricky subject. It uh... still seems borderline offensive to anybody that happens to be like a burn victim or in a wheelchair that's kind of like, yeah. I'm happy with my life, dude. Because <laughs> he doesn't, he hasn't seen his death, and yet it seems like they're writing to that when it hasn't actually happened because it can't, because we know that's not how it ends. And again, it's frustrating no end as a fan because you're like, you're gonna have a happy ending. Just shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Say, I don't think this is spoiler territory because obviously anybody yeah. that's listening to this has seen season yeah. two of Discovery. It's spoilers uh, for season two of Discovery and season one of the original series. At this yeah, stage. yeah. <laughs> you know, I think the moratorium on spoilers has long since passed on uh, Menagerie. Oh, no way. <laughs> I've never watched that yet. I've got somebody, somebody's going to point at you, you bastard. Oh, have I spoiled it for you? Beep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no, that's just like that storyline I love in the original series because it never really treats him like, oh, what a poor man, his life is over and whatever. But Spock is like, you know, he, he gives him that happy ending because he deserves it. And yet I never got the impression that he feels sorry for himself or that, you know, fair enough, it's treated as like, Oof, can you believe what's happened to this poor guy? He can't see anything. He's locked in that chair and he's had to put up with horrible things and stuff. But it's never like, oh, well, we may as well just have killed him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It, uh, it it does it does push it quite a bit. I wonder if they're going to actually address that as the season goes on, or if they're just going to leave li- it with that. Again, I don't want to spoil anything, but I do like the way that he kind of came to terms with it by the end of the episode, in the way that he was able to kind of reconcile it for himself. So I kind of hope that's the end of it now, is yeah. that he's like, you know, that that's now dealt with. I've now come to my peace with it in whichever way the episode did it. So now let's not address it, or at least not all the time. Yeah, and I'd be happier with that, but yeah, because that's the one plot I don't know. I don't even mind. Some people are really hating the Spock plot without saying what it is, Um, and I frankly don't mind or care. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this is a Wendy. Yeah. It's so weird. I've, I've never been one of those. Again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but I've never been one of those that gives a crap about the interpersonal relationships of the characters. So. Mm. Without saying, like, because it, it comes up a couple of times in this episode. Again, I'll keep it spoiler free by saying there's a few times where we see people with other, with partners, sexual partners in the episode that are the crew of the Enterprise. Um, and I don't care. <laughs> I really, I've never been one that was like, oh, I've got to know who Captain Pike's sleeping with. I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> you know that's, what I mean? that's, no, that's fair enough. <laughs> I mean, we, with regards to the characters, we've, I mean, we have mentioned in the past on, on this show that the Trek shows now, they don't have the luxury of allowing the respite for these characters to breathe. Yeah. Now we've got this episodic format. Do you think this will break that mould? I mean, do you think it'll assuage some of the fans' criticism about that uh, that format of current Trek, that you never get chance to really see these characters grow by just really, allowing for a filler? And, I, I really know, think and, so, yeah. I mean, a filler's, filler's used in a bad connotation, I guess, these days. Mm. But without the fillers... Is everything as important on either side of that? And it's, I think that's... I think it's a it's a bit of a misnomer in a situation like this because when something's episodic like that, you don't tend to get fillers. Filler, I think, was a product of when... Like, the first time I remember ever hearing it was the X-Files because you had episodes that were heavily about the mythology of the show and then episodes that weren't connected and were just about, like, a random monster or whatever. And that was fillers, was, like, we're not dealing with the primary plot and the serialised nature of it. Which, as I say, if you're doing just episodic anyway, I don't think you can have fillers because that's kind of that's what it is. It's all it's all filling time in, and as long as you have an episode that's liked and where something happens, I don't see how you can call it a filler. You could call it a bottle show if you want, or but no, I don't. I think it will address those issues because again, it's hard to judge from one episode, which is all we've got. But I'm already liking the way that it seems to be dealing with certain things, and yes, it hasn't dealt with a lot of the more not minor characters, but lesser ranks, shall we say, just yet. But then again, it makes sense that it would focus on that primary trio, at least at first. And again, it's nothing that the original series didn't do, let's be fair. Um, so yeah. If you, were, if you weren't Kirk, Spock or Bones, you were lucky if you got a line, really. Exactly. Uh, you know, people direct that to to modern Trek, but they've obviously never seen the original series if they're going to throw that criticism around. 
No, I mean, people forget Chekhov wasn't even there in the first season, you know? No. Uh, no, I mean, no, regarding... I like, I like a lot of stuff. Sorry. Yeah, no, go on, go on. I, I was going to say, I, just, I like a lot of the stuff that they've done because I wasn't really... Again, I'm not spoiling any plot-wise things, but, but we've seen the casting and we know who everybody's playing. Um, and I wasn't really loving the idea of revisiting original series characters because it just felt like, oh, we don't have to just because we've got name recognition. But so far, I will say that uh, Celia Rose Gooding, who's playing Uhura, hasn't had much to do, but what she has had, I've loved. There's look of. She, I, I love done, what they're doing. She, yeah, she's done really well with the with the limited material that we've seen her with so far. Yeah. I really want to see um, more of her. Contrary to that, though, I did mention to you, I think it was you I was talking to, where I says, unfortunately for me, the characterization of Nurse Chapel was really off because it didn't seem like the same character. And it just felt like you could have called that character something else because it doesn't seem like it's the same character that Miguel Barrett played all those years ago. It <laughs> doesn't. Seems a little bit, yeah. But I'm, I'm giving it time to maybe go into that character. I mean, if you can't tell, she's already my favorite character. But uh, uh, I mean, it does. I, I, I always loved that, again, spoilers for the original series of Star Trek. You know, it's only 55 <laughs> years old. But I always loved the kind of the subtle but almost always unspoken romance between Chapel and, Pop, and, and Spock, sorry, I loved. And it seems like they're turning that subtext into really strong text, and I don't want them to do that. <laughs> That's one I'm hoping they're not. I'm hoping they're not going to go for that. I have a because... feeling they are. I think they're, I think they're going to love Triangle it, and I'm like, oh, no, I don't know. I can live without that. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, regarding this cast, we, we already knew how well Anson, Rebecca, and uh, Ethan worked as Pike number one and Spot, respectively. Yeah, I, I will but, say I was I was disappointed at how little we got of Rebecca Romain as um, as Una in the episode. Like, yeah, I'm 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 guessing that you know now she's front and center. We're going to see a lot more of her. Yeah, I mean, she was the MacGuffin of the week because she was the one you had to you know <laughs> you had to kick off the mission with, so she couldn't be a central focus as such and. Like I said, it was Pike and Spock's kind of return to duty, and she couldn't. She never really left. I suppose. Yeah, so, yeah. Again, I'm skirting so heavily. I know. <laughs> Very dangerous line, this mate. Yeah. But, um, but as you as you mentioned, we've got uh, Celia Rose Gooding, Jess Bush, Babs Olusan Nokun. Uh, oh, good luck with pronouncing that. Yeah, <laughs> with, the with the pronunciation. Sorry if I got that wrong. Christina. Apologies. We we really loved you as Doctor Mbenga, or at least I did. I thought you were brilliant. I did. I friend. thought you was fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. Melissa uh, Navia, I th who I thought was for the again, same as with yeah. Celia was good. She was fantastic. She was great, and considering she's a character that we have no recognition with, because at least like Celia had the goodwill of like Zoe Saldana if you're young, or Michelle Nichols if you're older. But we know nothing about this Ortegas, and yet in a couple of lines and just a little bit of uh, screen time, I'm like, I, I like this chick. I want to know more about her. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's always a good sign. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, going back to Pike, I mean, we, we already knew he was good, but the plot line, you know, the offensive plot line, as it were, mm. notwithstanding, I think his portrayal is really good. It's, I think if you so, if you divorce it from that plot line and just think of it as a guy, it's very similar to The Cage if you think of it that you're coming into it as a guy who's just exhausted with service yeah. and doesn't know if it's what he wants to do anymore. Again, it's repeating that beat from The Cage, but I don't think there's any real problem with doing that especially when once you watch discovery season two in between because that's been like the return to duty and then like crap now i've you know really got a question not only if i want other people's deaths on my conscience like in the cage but also what could potentially happen to me <laughs> so, yeah, yeah yeah i think he gave a, a quite a haunting performance even better than he did in discovery i mean when an actor can convince you if they're in a thought without uttering a single syllable they deserve yeah. every every credit, and I'm becoming more of a fan of him day by day. Oh, I've always been a fan, but I think they could have, they could have, and should have trusted the actor enough to convey it with the acting without having to have scenes of his burned, screaming face reflected and stuff. Because it's like we don't need it. That's overkill. It doesn't. It <laughs> doesn't need. When you've got an actor of that caliber, you don't need to hammer it home. And I think yeah, you just exactly. need to step, take the foot off the pedal, and let the characters breathe. Yep. And with regards to Spike, again, I'm Spike, Pike, I'm uh, I'm not going to get into it for spoiler alerts, but I did like the through line of the episode with uh, mm. regards to yes. uh, his... I mean, remember kids, I... watch, watching sci-fi movies can be beneficial. 
I also liked again. This is this is such a minor spoiler, but I just have to say it. I love that of all the callbacks that Pike has a TV, just like he did in the cage. Yes, <laughs> I did. I, yeah, I did pick up on that. It's the same wood panelled TV and everything. Yeah. I was like, oh, talk about respectful to your source material. Just applause, man. <laughs> I mean, the the thing that I mean, as much as I like him and I like his performance, I'm still not used to Peck as Spock. It's it's. Um, I mean, seeing seeing Nimoy in the role for so long, it's hard for me to. Ex- and this goes for Quinto. It's just hard for me to accept anyone else. But I am Nimoy is over. Yeah, I think. I mean, I like his portrayal in season two of Disco, but maybe it's just a lack of beard that's throwing me in this case. I just. I don't <laughs> maybe it is. See, I, I, I don't know what to make it because Nimoy's untouchable, but that's why I'm not really comparing them in that regard. Plus. I've kind of made peace with the fact that this isn't a fully Vulcan Spock. This is still Spock who's kind of like acknowledging a lot of his human aspects and stuff because it even seems to me like the way that he sort of stands is is a bit too much of a smile. Like he's trying to be comfortable with himself and it's not quite the... Like I expect, perhaps maybe I'm expecting too much, but I expect that things will happen during the course of this show that will lead him to become more and more the kind of closed-off stoic Spock that we know from TOS. Um and that's kind of one of the strengths that this show can give is that previously we just had, we went straight from Spock laughing at a singing plant to Spock has now got no emotions whatsoever without yeah. seeing what happened in between. And now we can kind of explore that a bit more. And I, I, I'm all for that. I'd, I'd love them to do that justice. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, again, like I said, I'm, I'm willing to let him win me over. It's just going to, unlike Pike, where we're not that familiar with the character, and Uhura, but yeah, even though she's a main player, she was always relegated to the background, and I'm hoping we're not going to have that with this season. But uh, Nimoy, he was always front and centre. He was pretty much the ambassador. He was the face of Star Trek. So it's going to take a lot for me to accept someone else in that role. Again, as, as fantastic as I think Quinto is, he's still, he's still not Nimoy for me. So that that's going to be a little jarring, I think. But other than I that... Think, again, without wanting to say spoilers, I think I was sold on him a lot more as the same character when he went on mission, as opposed to when he was kind of on downtime, if you know what I mean. Um, yes. I, I, I wasn't as sold on the character in his personal moments, but when he's on mission and the second half of the episode, I was like, all right, okay, I can see it. I can see the character now, you know? So Yeah. yeah. The familiar name. I, d- I did like the little uh, misdirect with the uh, the familiar oh name. yes with the uh, the character that was introduced at the end that we were not expecting shall we say exactly yes 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 yes, yes. With, uh, I mean, that that actor by the way on twitter absolutely brilliantly just genius already i'm already i'm already a fan definitely <laughs> i don't definitely. know if you saw what he tweeted but it was just i so did <laughs> i did and again i don't want to spoil anything but kudos to whoever it is at the makeup department that made the decision that they made because oh yes, <laughs> it, it, is that now considered part? If, are we getting so meta? <laughs> yes. Anyway, <laughs> that's not any... get too far into it. But it was a nice surprise because I was genuinely when it happened, I was like, I cannot believe this news didn't leak and they haven't announced no. this. And yet, it seems from the trailer this is going to be a main character. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, are there any standouts? in your opinion for not not uh you know character wise but actor wise is there anybody anything that you're looking forward to seeing from any of these actors there's a lot of great actors i mean i'm with you in that i've always kind of appreciated anson mount in particularly his uh, take on pike um but i think he's a very good actor i mean you know, <laughs> he can convey a lot shall we say <laughs> but uh, yeah so so but so I'm, I'm i was always looking forward to pike and what kind of like um because, like you say, it's a character that hasn't been that well developed, and I loved him in Discovery season two. And if we get any moments as good as like the "You're a Starfleet officer" or the speech to himself, or the speech between him and Admiral Cornwell about Starfleet's morals and being the best of us and stuff, moments like that are the kind of thing that I live for when it comes to Trek. So, if yeah. you get things like that, I'm. And to be fair, there is a moment not terribly unlike that, which is the kind of resolution to the the, the sort of uh, small plot of this episode, shall we say? Which I was like, all right, cool. You know? <laughs> and, it, and it harkens kind of it kind of harkens back to the original series when you would get yep. those kind of things also and I, and I did like that touch yes definitely and uh but in terms of i mean all of the actors have got 
a little something. One person we haven't touched on, which we probably should have, because it turns out they're going to be, it seems very important, uh, because it's an actress. I, I maybe haven't mentioned it because I know she's good, because I've seen her in other stuff. Uh, yeah. But it was Christina Chong, who plays La'an, Noonien Singh. Um, yeah. Outstanding, but I knew she was. <laughs> so was she's a, she's a fantastic surprise. actress. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I am. I, I do want to. It, again, it's it, it's spoiler territory. I don't want to say anything, but I look forward to finding out more. Her about story her. is the most intriguing, without saying what it is. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we weren't given a lot of backstory for any of the new characters except that one. But what we've found out about her is definitely going to be important moving forward, even in an episodic show. And I, I really want to know more about that as well. So, but kind of not what you were expecting. Yep. if that makes sense. Yep, although I'm sure that will come into play as well. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it, well, it has uh, to. I mean, you can't let something like that just... Yeah, you can't name there. a character that and not acknowledge it at any point, really. No, can you? no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she was I mean, so I should also and... point out that... Yeah, yeah. Not only are they a good group of actors, but they're an incredibly pretty group of actors. Not that it matters, but yeah, I mean... No, 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 I'm just... I've been the I'm norm, saying, isn't it? <laughs> it's... it's no, but come on, this when when can you remember the days of Enterprise when they were saying they're trying to sex it up and all that kind of stuff? And, and, and you just I, think, I kind of do appreciate that they haven't yeah, done that. They haven't went down that route of like this yeah. is the star this is the Starship's totty, so we're gonna have her in a mini dress and you know, go go boots and whatever else, and we're gonna have a scene in the decon chamber with this the nurse and so there's none of that like blatant exploitation, which I appreciate. But at the same time, if you can appreciate a gorgeous looking woman who looks like she can kick ass and is badass, then Christina Chong, as I said, despite being in fully covered up Starfleet uniform, oh boy, there's some feelings there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, to be honest, I've got several crushes, make <laughs> that what you will, but well. I hope they don't get into that point where, because they've got this attractive cast, I hope they don't go don't into that so. exploitation territory. I don't think so. We're not going to get um, Alice Eve in just her bra, let's be fair, are we? <laughs> yes, sir. Which I think it's, is the that would more point. step forward. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested to see where they are taking things with the crew. I mean, they've obviously cast uh, Paul Wesley uh, for Kirk in season two, yeah. which is interesting. Because, I mean, I was hoping Kirk wouldn't be seen for some time yet. It'd be nice to see this crew be given time to breathe without the next person I, to yeah. sit in the chair being featured so soon. I'm with you in that I expected that to be, like, if anything, the last shot of the series or... Like he would be like the mother and how about your mother and be in the last few episodes of the last season kind of thing or, um, you know, because that would be the handing over of the torch. But having said that, knowing what we now do know because of the pilot, I think it was kind of inevitable because it would now be sort of weirder not to address that character, if that makes sense. <laughs> Definitely after what we've seen. Yeah. This is going to probably sound like, a, that, again, we're skirting as thinly to the line. Which was just doing one hell of a flamenco here. <laughs> but yeah, see, once you've once you've seen the pilot, that is the idea that even the most per critical person that was like, why are they bringing in Jim Kirk? Once you've seen the pilot, I think even the most critical person would be like, all right, I can kind of see why you're doing it now, and it does yeah. make a bit more sense than just because you can. <laughs> so, and it would also be interesting to me to see how it ties back to uh, April. I really want to see more of that character. <laughs> I do. I think Adrian Holmes. Adrian Holmes absolutely. didn't get nearly enough to do, man. He, no, he he's nailed it. Now, yep. there's, obviously, there's been some furore in recent days over the announcement of Holmes casting as April. I know. I mean, I I'm, I was as upset as anyone, but it turns out there's just not enough good cartoons that were willing to take on the role. Yeah. I mean, once once again, <laughs> the usual ignoramuses have come out of the woodwork railing against the announcement. Yeah. It's just it's just crazy. I mean, I hope you don't mind me taking a moment. I'm proceeding to address this, Mike. No, not at all, not at all. But mm -hmm. I will say, like, I, I as I said to you already, I think it's criminal that they decided to change the race of Lieutenant Kyle. It's just it was, <laughs> it was a weird <laughs> we decision. Kind of worms. <laughs> I don't care really. It was just weird how one became headlines and one was not remotely addressed. Yes, it just wanted, and I wonder why that is. I mean, it's yep. to me, obviously, it's continually disappointing as somebody that loves this show. To see supposed mm. fellow fans repeatedly show the prejudice time and again. We had it with Discovery, yeah. we had it with Picard, and now we're getting it straight out of the bat with Strange New Worlds. They're accusing people of pandering, of it not being real Trek, and excuse the right-wing shit kind of a word, wokeism, taking umbrage. No, not only...
Movie producers, this is what annoys me. Actors themselves in social media and tagging and dragging them just into the most vile discussions on the subject. They're not even mm. constructive conversations, but just out and out hateful behavior. And I'm just, I'm tired of it. Yeah. I mean, if you consider yourself a fan and you've got any problems with representation, be it race, orientation, disability, frankly, you need to take a, a long, hard look in the mirror because you've obviously not been paying attention to the show since its initial broadcast. Now, Trek's always been about social issues, told through the framework of sci-fi. Now, sometimes it may have, due to network and social attitudes at the time, not being able to address those issues or allow for said representation that it does today. But that's the only reason. I mean, do these people think there were no outrage over Kirk and Uhura, over Riker's relationship with Soren? I mean, I don't know about you, because uh, you, you know, you're almost as old as I am. But I remember when the BBC... <laughs> <laughs> Far deal with it. I remember when uh, BBC. I don't know if you remember it when they refused to show uh, the episode of High Ground. The, the yeah, High I don't. Ground, I don't know if they even have. But yeah, the whole Irish no, unification. Yeah, I mean, though suddenly outraged at casting a black actor in a role whose only other appearance was forty year, over forty years ago, an animated show that most don't even consider canon. They're no better than those clamouring for Trek to be taken off the air in the sixties because of that interracial kiss. I mean, Frank. Yeah, well, I mean, me, in my opinion, I, I completely agree. With you. I can kind of, I can kind of. This is going to probably come out sounding wrong, but just to play advocate, I could almost understand that if it was like a character that has been established as one thing, you know, fully and officially, and it's a well-rounded character that's now going to be something else that's not, you know, conducive to that character. So if it was a character that was. But then, even then, it doesn't bother me. It never bothered me when it was Johnny Storm. When it doesn't bother me, no, it does Why? if it's supposed to be the same character. In that, part, the geeky part of me wants things to be explained, but at the same time, you have to accept that sometimes that it's fiction. Like I'm not, I'm not going to have an in-universe explanation for why the Enterprise looks admittedly quite different than the TOS Enterprise and they're not yeah. going to turn it into looking like that by the end of this show and if you can hand wave that away you can hand wave away oh this dude isn't a cartoon or white who cares it's I mean it's just, just it's, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't important to that character's story or journey at all his yeah. race was completely arbitrary and it was just because I guess why not do you know what I mean so and the fact that I'm sure you're going to mention this, but even the person that created the character <laughs> That's was explained with it. Yeah, he, so I mean, he, he said, clearly he clearly he had said, no race in mind. He wasn't like, "Well, I created a white man." Blah. Yeah, and I quote: 48 years ago, I created the character of Robert Apel in my episode of the animated Star Trek series, The Counterclock Incident." And now, after all this time, we'll see him again this week on a live-action episode for the first time. Now, if he's not got an issue with it, why should anyone? Exactly. Which, like I said, if you if you want to, these people's arguments always tends to be things like well, the character wasn't intended to be that way on creation. We now have the literal creator saying he didn't care; it wasn't yeah. a thought. So, what is your possible justification now? Exactly. And like I said, I would almost understand it more if it wasn't for the fact that it's in a series that's renowned for terrible coloring. And people yeah. have made the joke, and it's an old joke, but it's still true. If you have an issue with a black Robert April, but you're not bothered about bright pink tribbles. You really what? have your priorities yeah. wrong. Klingons <laughs> dressing in bright purple. Jesus. Yeah. Somebody's I'm... the favorite tweet I saw about it was somebody that was like, Yes, of course the animated series has the wrong color for Captain April. Well, lucky he wasn't future. And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, Mike Akuda, when he were compiling Star Trek Encyclopedia, he photoshopped Gene Roddenberry's head onto April's yep. entry for the character. It's onto a Shatner picture, yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of those complaining now. They've got any issue with that. Now suddenly it's a problem. Wonder yep. why that is. No, I mean, I mean it's weird to me because it's vital and important to that character that he be older, which I kind of I I'd not bothered hugely about it, but I'm slightly niggled that I'm supposed to believe that this guy can be like retirement age forced upon him in what like ten years. But at yeah. the same time, I'm more, I'm way more bothered about that from a story perspective than about his color because that doesn't affect that. Yeah, but the only other experience know, I've had of him was uh, I read the I listened to the audio book. Best Destiny the other week, mm. and it was Jimmy Doohan obviously doing the same accent that he did in yes. the uh, the cartoon. So, yeah. you know, I'm as a Brit, I'm not offended that he doesn't have an English accent. Good God, no. I just don't, I just, I don't get it. I mean, Trek's always, always been about being a better species than we are today. 
And judging from yeah. some of these comments I've seen recently, we have got a hell of a long way to go before we reach that future. I mean, the thing is, like you said, it's it's ninety it's ninety to ninety five percent just bigotry, and I do think it's a small percentage that are just I feel sorry for them because they just don't have the imagination to be like, how can I reconcile this no. in my head? But like I said, I don't even think that boils down to race and stuff. And I'm guilty of doing it on occasions where it's like that particular ship doesn't look the same as it did 20, 30 years ago or whatever. But again, it's there's a difference. Really... Yeah, but there's a difference between, you know, updating something and a difference between just actual bigotry. And you know yourself, we've seen it in recent oh, years yeah. and we've seen it just today with yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. I mean, these individuals. the new Doctor, by the way. Yes. Woo! Yes. Nice one, shooty. <laughs> Well, these individuals, <laughs> definitely, yeah. I mean, these individuals, and they know who they are. They need to take oh. some responsibility and le and learn a little self awareness because the majority of fans, and especially, I'd like to think us here at Hit and Miss, we don't want any part in this ridiculous no. argument to canon just to describe this, just to disguise bigotry. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Anybody who, in a completely non-satirical, non-ironic way, uses the word woke. I don't want Definitely. anything to do with you because it's Definitely. it's an excuse word. It's a red flag word. Oh, you're just doing this to be woke. No, get out. <laughs> I don't care yeah. anymore. Exactly. Just get out. I've got no time for these people. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I speak for everybody, but I'm going to be kind of bold as to speak for actual fans out there and say, welcome aboard, Mr. Holmes. I mean, I'll complete a hundred percent. I look I forward to seeing where he's going to take the character. I would kill already to see well not literally because i'm not a murderer <laughs> but i would love already to see his five-year mission i want to see what that guy was like in command definitely I'm, how I'm, cool would that be you know what it's like we we always as fans we want more we saw discovery wanted pike <laughs> now we want an april show paramount i mean you don't have to do that but i really hope that uh, even the casting isn't just a very brief like it's a nod to the fans in that opening episode i hope he becomes like the the go-to face of authority in Starfleet for the ship, at least for the first year or two, you know? Because I, I would like to see him, really like cool. was established in previous canon, kind of take Kirk under his wing to a certain extent. It, you yeah. know, when Kirk's introduced, I'd love to see that interplay between them. And if they do use it to set up that, even though, yeah, it doesn't look the same, if you do use it to set up that animated series story, which I've always been fond of, because there's something wonderfully trek about a guy who gets told, dude, you're too old, retire, and basically goes, kick me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so brilliant that if they, I can totally see Adrian Holmes being that guy Definitely. who they're like, well done, retire, Admiral. And he's like, are you going to make me again? Because <laughs> I'm going nowhere. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I'd love to watch that that storyline develop as he gradually yeah, just loves Starfleet more and more and gets older and older and he's looking over his shoulder at these young people like, all right, I'm watching you. You think you're going to replace me? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, so, yeah, I'm sorry about uh, that, Mike. I'll get down off my soapbox now. So it, I, I just felt <laughs> I mean, that had to be said. I, I don't think it's a soapbox in the state of the world being that it needs to be said. If it was redundant, it would be a soapbox. But sadly, unfortunately, these things need to be said nowadays. Yeah. So, and if I've lost viewers or whatever, I'm very sorry. No, I'm not. Go away. No, I don't. <laughs> if, if, if if we're kind of attracting the kind of people that are bigger, I'm sure we don't. <laughs> Given yeah. some of my previous reviews and thoughts and comments, I <laughs> yeah. very much. I want no it. part of those type of people. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, anyway, on back to the back. To show, I mean, are you finding the production side of things, direction, editing, effects? How are you finding the uh, yeah. music? Oh, um, very. Uh, the only time I really noticed it, there was a couple of times, but mainly it was the opening credits. And maybe it's just me, but I love that it seems to me evocative of like 50s sci fi. Um, like I'm sure I can hear theremin in there. <laughs> maybe again, it's just Definitely. me. No, but, I don't think it's just you. Maybe, maybe we're just on a nostalgia trip. I don't, you know. Yeah, but it, it makes sense for a show that is like a prequel and it is going back to, in universe, it's kind of backwards in a sense, but also it's harkening back to, you know, 1965 or whatever when it was filmed, The Cage, I mean, um, as an initial pilot. So I like that. I love that it's, and it's got, it has that level of nostalgia and whimsy and kind of, it represents the show and the franchise, I think, really well like that. Having said that, that forbidden think, planet vibe, 
not even just Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet is definitely one of them, but I'm talking like I, I, I'm a nerd, a real nerd when it comes to that era really? of science fiction. No. <laughs> Specifically, though, for those era of like sci-fi and horror films, and I'm thinking, I'm listening to it, I'm, I'm getting Forbidden Planet vibes, I'm getting Day of the Earth Stood Still, obviously. I'm getting a Thing from Another World, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You know uh, why that is, don't you, man? <laughs> What's You're that? old. <laughs> I'm not that bloody old. I wasn't alive in the 50s and 60s, dude. <laughs> Jeez, how old do you think I am? I don't know. You know we're going to end up arguing in some old folks home quite soon about Star Trek. <laughs> but I do. I like that a lot, but I like, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that same composer is responsible for the Prodigy music, um, uh, and I love that as well. I think I think it's Malamad for the uh, the incidental and Jeff Russo for the actual theme of Prodigy. No, of uh, Stranger. Oh, of Wars. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah. Uh, Prodigy. The main theme's Giacchino in it. Yes, I know that the main theme's different to whoever it is that does the music. Shall we say? Let me just double check this. I'm pretty sure I'm going to feel really embarrassed because I'm fairly certain, and I thought like I was getting vibes of the two shows. Um, Nami Melomad, Israeli Dutch film composer. Now, if I've if I've remembered something that you haven't, that is a yeah. A she is responsible for the music. She is responsible for the music in Prodigy. Oh, which, as I said, cool. I, I I appreciated that. But you are right. Giatino did do the opening theme, but Melomad does the rest of the music. So, um, and I thought yeah, that I love that I love Prodigy. Just beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, the opening credits, which, as you say, probably weren't done by her, but the actual opening to this is, it's so good. Yeah, it's as and, close to the original series without being a straight rip-off, isn't it? <laughs> so. Definitely. And as you say, it's, I mean, her theme for her music for Prodigy. Really good. Yeah, it's it harkens back to a lot of the stuff that this does in that it's, it's very much the hopeful optimism Star Trek. We're out on adventures out in space and, you know, it's it's not safe but it's comfy and we have each other and prodigy gave me a lot of those vibes that um i was hoping for from strange new worlds as well so um, they set the again, tone I, well I, with I, the music I, yeah. I, I i only saw them recently when they came to nickelodeon in this country naturally <laughs> but, uh, but yeah i think that was that was the closest show we had to that old-fashioned ish kind of trek until strange new worlds which isn't me saying that's the only valid trek by the way unlike some reviewers <laughs> mm -hmm. but uh it's nice to have that flavour back amongst everything else. But so, what about the direction? Are you enjoying it? I mean, it, it it didn't stand out to me, but that's probably a good thing because it's TV direction, so it shouldn't. Like, if it does, they're doing something wrong usually, because yeah. it's like, oh, it's very jarring. But having said that, there were some glorious shots, and again, it's potentially going to be controversial, but I hope not. And um, there's a again, I don't want to talk about what it is because spoilers. But there's one particular shot which how can i allude to it let's just say it's a shot through a window <laughs> and okay. leave it at that it's in it's in trailers and stuff so i'm sure people know what i'm talking about but it's absolutely glorious um that shot and the shot that immediately follows it i was like oh this is impressive especially considering it's got to be pure cgi i mean there's no model work or anything i guess no. in this show but yeah it was amazing and just the fact that it looks bright and colorful again and the alien landscapes look sufficiently alien and modern and yeah i loved it <laughs> i'm just on board as you can hear yeah. and like i said it's it's been established already and it's not exactly a new thought but the fact that the enterprise interior looks like the enterprise you know you can balk at it all you want mirror universe hitler but i like that it's orange <laughs> 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 it's a it's, it's a beautiful show i just i you know as i sat i sat there watching it Obviously, with you when we we're in the states, and yep. uh, yeah, it was just, and my mouth was agape because I just said, "This is so beautiful," and I don't think it's spoilers to give away the uh, the scene with Pike on horseback and the shuttle, but just little things like that <sighs> to me are just so that entire section just oh loved it, loved it. That was so, and again, that's a subtle, really, really deep nerdy dive, but that's how I knew the show was going to be when they'd actually went to the trouble of not just using a Discovery Type C shuttle but making something that looked so much like the Galileo, which apparently it is, but just updated the same way they did the Enterprise. And I was like, oh, yes, do this. <laughs> I'm so worried. Yeah. Yeah. So, as, again, that's in the trailers, and you can see pictures of it, so it's not really spoiled. Because it's like minute one of the episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah. And is there anything um, you're looking forward to going forward? Bearing in mind that we're avoiding spoilers. 
just the episodes, like I said, without uh, obviously it wouldn't be spoilers b- because they've given it away, but the h- things they're hinting at that they're going to do because of the trailers are all things that really interest me. And it's nice to know that they can interest me and yet not have to take up an entire season. So I'm yeah. like, I can see that there's an episode coming up about a comet where she's a poses yes. a threat or they're thrilled to be on it. And it's like, I'm looking forward to exploring that, but only having it last a week, if you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> well, it, it retains that sense of wonder, doesn't it? You, you don't, have, you're not in, in place long enough to get tired of certain subjects. Well, exactly, because you're supposed to be voyaging and exploring and finding new things as you go. It's not a question of let's just deal with this one thing while we spin our wheels or whatever. But yeah, not to say that that's not a valid way of doing it, and people do love it, and I do. I mean. Like I've already mentioned, my favorite, one of my favorite seasons of Trek, and definitely my favorite season of the newer stuff, is season two of Discovery. And part of the reason is that it tells to me a very coherent single story over those episodes, where things do go from A to B, the characters all make sense, everybody acts accordingly, and it's a very compelling story. Which is weird because apparently it did kind of change producers and writers and everything halfway through. But I personally don't feel the the join there at all. I just like the story. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same, and I'm probably in the minority because I've seen a lot of people dislike it, but I'm yeah. the same with season four. To me, season mm. four has just been about a sense of wonder and exploration. This, you know, disregarding some parts because it's not all about that, obviously, but it's it's the most trek that it's felt in, for me in a long, long time. I still think it's it's a victim of having this one overriding story, which takes away from it, unfortunately, for me. But... Um... Yeah. Definitely. Well, I mean, definitely. As we said, we, you don't really get a chance for characters to uh, breathe in that kind of situation because everything's, you know, we're on the does, clock. Yeah. The universe does is the story. It does the story a disservice as well because to me, you're stretching out something that would have been fantastic as a two or three part story across twelve episodes, and it's just kind of like, yeah, do we need it? You don't need that all the time. Yeah. Plus, it does. It does end up inviting what you said, which is that people are going to see it as filler episodes. Because obviously there's an overlying threat that they have to be dealing with, and yet there are times when you have an episode that's not addressing that in the middle, or when it comes back from break or whatever, and you just feel like you haven't moved the main plot on whatsoever, so that was filler. Which you don't get if you're just doing an episode, <laughs> as I said, so I'm looking yeah. forward to less of yeah. that in Strange New Worlds to bring it back to the point. <laughs> that was Definitely. I mean, we've already covered it, but I do want to I I find out more about Lahan. Definitely. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Well, not just that, yeah. The characters, the, the the hinted at characters' connections to each other, both familiar and new, including any that we might not have known yet, because this has only been 50 minutes. So <laughs> there could be any yeah. number of things. Like you said, we haven't even encountered barely uh, one of the more intriguing characters who didn't get any time other than a brief, like, they're on the ship now. And I want to know what they're like, how they're connected to other characters, you know. It, it, tell me more about these people I've briefly seen, this, this fantastic... Um, Otegas, the con officer, what's she like? She seems amazing. I want to know more about her. Yeah, and yes, Uhura and Otegas and Mbenga. You just, you just want to know more about them. And I yeah. love the fact that, you know, this to, for me, there's not been one character that you just say, ugh, don't like that character. They've all, they're yeah. all instantly likable and you want to know more about them. It might be the first time in a while, actually, yeah, that I don't have a character where I'm like, well, I can take or leave whether you address this character. I want to know literally. Yeah more about every single character even though yeah. there's a lot of them <laughs> so, yeah. and that one they right. introduced at the very end i need to know more about that character definitely definitely Besides the glorious taste in facial hair <laughs> yes <laughs> so i think he's I'm pretty much <laughs> i think he's pretty much safe to say that you've got good first impressions then yeah yeah i mean like i said i wasn't it wasn't without issues some of them quite glaring but i think overall I'm able to cope with it because of the things that it does well and because it doesn't seem like that's malicious as much as just looking for a hook, if that makes sense. So No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I'm, but as you can, as we said, it's, it's only the first episode, so maybe, yeah. you know, these, these minor niggles, they'll, uh, they'll iron themselves out as we go on. Yeah, and like you said, not, not to spoil this, but to spoil Discovery, I suppose at least it, it perhaps would have felt jarring not to address Pike's vision at the end of Discovery Season 2, and they didn't really have time to do that during that big two-parter, so may as well address it here, as long as it doesn't yeah. keep on being... Weighing him down, as it were, as it were. yeah. yeah. Now, before I get to the uh, the conclusion, I'm going to do it you know, in reverse order, but before we get to the conclusion, 
I'm going to go to the uh, the listeners' comments, if that's all right with you. Incoming now, transmission. Yeah, okay, so we asked them on social media what they thought of the opening, and we had a really fantastic response to this one. So I'm going to read out as many as I can, if that's all right with you. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So I'm going to start with uh, Nick on Twitter. says, really enjoyed it. think it's a great one to watch as a family, since it has a child-friendly vibe. Now, I was a bit worried about a certain scene at the start, but I can be on, I can get on board with most of that. Now, Sean on Facebook, uh, conversely, says, for me, it's a miss. Peck's portrayal of Spock misses the mark by a wide margin for me. I like Mountain's Pike, but tuned out before the end of the episode as I lost interest. When I asked him if he's likely to tune in for more, Sean said, at this point, I'm going to say no. I'm not invested enough to spend more time oh. watching it. So it's a shame, but you know, as we say, different strokes. Definitely, yeah. back, I do find that weird because I think there's a lot to a lot more to latch onto here than there would have been in some other cases, maybe. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But as uh, you know, as we say, everybody's got the different opinions, and maybe I mean, as as far as I know, Sean's a bit of an oldie like us, and uh, so he, he he might be suffering from the same problem I have with regards to Nemo and stuff. Yeah, I understand that. I'd love to know a little bit more about what his issues were because I can't imagine it would be enough to stop watching just because of not thinking Peck was up to the Nemo standard. But eh, yeah, much. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'll, I'll keep watching anyway. But uh, going back to Twitter, uh, Primate of Time states: "Good, strong start to a new show. Nothing cerebral, but also not action schlock." I think that it was, start I would I would disagree. I think it was there was some cerebral stuff in there. It's just that it's. Uh, it's not it's it's subtly done it's not it's not, it's not overbearing yeah it's not pseudo intellectual like uh, preening sherlock Holmes type stuff but it is it is still uh, cerebral it's dealing with big themes like global you know <laughs> repercussions to stuff so I yeah there was, a, there was there was a thing there was a, the odd thing a bit close to the bone in that i thought but oh uh, very very and i was surprised yeah. at a lot of things that we saw on screen uh, shall we say that yeah. I was uh, like, oof, they went there. Okay, <laughs> that could it, it, that could also explain why a certain subsection. Oh yeah, no, that keen on it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway, he goes on to say it's got that Star Trek feel to it, that sense of wonder and joy and joy for exploration, and he gives it eight out of ten. Now, Jeff okay. from the Starfleet Leadership Academy podcast. Oh, Jeff Aiken, saying, shout out, Jeff. Uh, yes, he just yes. received uh, first contact with me. Oh, nice one. He says, in a lot of ways, a paint-by-numbers Star Trek episode, and that's perfectly fine. Ties nicely with Discovery and lets the incredible cast do their thing, which, yeah, spot on, I think. Awesome. Uh, Open Pike claims this is an absolute hit. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yes. That's, that should not amuse me as much as it just did. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know why that got me. Sorry, I'm gone. It's just, it's just, all right. It's just, he's got TNG <laughs> sensibilities. Oh man! Sorry. With disco sorry. visuals, simply stunning. And for for the benefit of Mike, once more, open pike. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to make that username more perfect is if he adds the word "night" on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> If you see his uh, profile picture, yeah, he's there. <laughs> right, uh, Commander Salamander, and um, both Commander Callan, both Commander Salamander and Captain Roger Victor both say it's a home run. Nice. Wayne Williams, I'm going to try again tomorrow. Wouldn't play for some reason. Deep breaths. Hope you managed to get that one sorted, Wayne. <laughs> I feel your pain, Wayne. For what yes. it's worth. <laughs> It took me a couple of tries on my American TV. <laughs> <laughs> Ensign Rick says it wasn't perfect, but uh, the series, but the series is beaming, a eh? a eh? with potential. Right. Yeah, nice little pun there, Rick. You got it. Another, co <laughs> yeah, another comment which I absolutely adore. It's from Leanne Holloway. She says, as a fan since 1966, when I heard "Space: The Final Frontier," I almost cried. I started bouncing up and down in my chair going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And my husband, a fellow Trekkie, looked at me like I was crazy. I loved it. I remember a world with no Trek. It was desolate. And I completely agree on that one, Liam. Can I just say that they could literally have just given me the opening credit scenes 
the gorgeous space scenes with that amazing new Enterprise, and I would have been happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. even need a plot when it looks like that. I'm kidding, it's, of course. But, oh, it, I filled the it, cup it, a bit, if you know what I'm saying. When I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, man. <laughs> Chris Dawn says it's more than a hit, it's a grand slam. Nice. And Zarkos Rocket simply states, I love Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Wow. So, I mean, it looks like for the most part, with the exception of a lone dissenter, the show seems to be cast in a pretty favourable uh, light right now. If I can make one other slight criticism that I didn't mention, it would have been nice to have a slightly more imaginative opening episode title than just the title of your show, because <laughs> that's going to frustrate me no end that the Star Trek Strange New Worlds pilot is called Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. How do I, oh, I categorise this? <laughs> Looking it up on uh, Memory Alpha, it's like Strange New Worlds series, Strange New Worlds episode, Strange New World Enterprise episode. Oh, my head! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to ask for a, a favourite scene, uh, but I am going to ask, do you have a favourite line? I do. Uh, my favourite line, because it just sums up the show, is just, um, and again, not really a spoiler, because it's, you know, it's, it's Star Trek, what do you expect? But it's just when Uhura says to... Captain Pike at the end of everything being wrapped up, what do we do now? And he responds, we explore, we seek out new life and new civilizations, and we boldly go where no one has gone before. And Uhura's response to it is simply, cool, which I yeah. agree with. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my favourite line could be as noble as that, but as a long-time Star <laughs> Trek fan, especially as the as an original series fan, I do love the line, why is it always an alley? <laughs> That one went past me a bit, but yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. Any favourite character for you, personally, Mike? Uh, it's, it's Again, it's not very imaginative, um, but it's Pike. Although, saying that, I'm very close with La'an. I'm just very sceptical about the whole canon issue that it might bring up. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I mean, to, I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, because right out of the gate, as we've been saying, they are all very strong portrayals. But if I'm pushed for an answer, and you're not going to like this, but I am going to have to say Chapel. Okay. I mean, not only does she get some good lines and some humorous moments, but she's also has the opportunity for some good action set pieces. I mean, she's obviously she's certainly more assertive than the original portrayal. I mean, which I, think I that's loved. What bothers me though, because it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know how it's going to end up, so I am interested to see where the uh, where the show takes her. Yeah, well, fair enough. It's only one episode, as I say, it very, very well might end up. But like I say, I'm very wary of them doing the love triangle thing, and it looks like that's exactly what they're doing. And oh, wary, <sighs> wary. Yeah. So, have you got any uh, any thoughts, Mike? I mean, uh, conclusion, a score out of five. Yeah, go. <laughs> go for it. Um, I will. My conclusion, it's not as long as it usually is, so that's uh, hopefully a, a relief to some people. <laughs> I just said, it's the best of both worlds, no pun intended, using the serialised nature of Discovery as a kicking-off point and as a way to develop characters while bringing back the comfy and familiar episodic trek of the week. Uh, it's encouraging sign that it understands what the franchise is about and honours it, but not without one or two clunky missteps that do leave a slight sour taste. Uh, saying, Having said that, my overall score was four out of five. Okay. Very good. I mean, very good. Now, said a good if subdued first episode sets this series off to a firm footing. The directing is on point. The set, especially the 1701, are absolutely beautiful. And the main cast are on top form. After all the hype surrounding it, I was a little worried I would find the opening to be underwhelming. But not only did it meet expectations, I haven't been this genuinely excited after a new series opener for quite some time. Great stuff. And I've also given it four out of five. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It's up to you as the person in charge to work out the average of that four and four. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with four. Oh, well, there you go. Yay. <laughs> My math skills. <laughs> I like how when you're in charge of doing it, you get the easiest maths possible. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever it's me, I'm like, he gives it a 3.2. He gives it a 2.4. He gives it a 7.9. the heck am I going to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you definitely consider it a hit yeah oh definitely yeah definitely a hit it's um all encouraging signs and like you said it's especially as a pilot it's very much got me wanting to see a heck of a lot more so yeah definitely fantastic 
definitely a hit from me. And remember, if uh, to all the listeners out there, if you agree, disagree, or ever just want to join in on the conversation, we can be found on Facebook under Hit or Miss uh, Star Trek. Do we have an Instagram, Mike? Uh, we do, which is also just Hit or Miss Star Trek. Um, yeah. Cool. And we're at Home Trek on Twitter. So, you know, obviously, please leave us your thoughts or if you just don't agree with us or, you know, just say you old fasts. Unless it's okay. about, you know, the idea that a cartoon character should stay. If you don't agree with that, just, you know, argue with a wall. Yeah, yeah. In which case, just don't bother us. We're not interested. We'll mute you. Exactly. You will yeah. be blocked. Exactly. All right. So all that's left is to thank the inimitable Mike Wilson for putting up with his last minute episode, my shoddy hosting and my uh, little Gosh, diatribe yeah. earlier. So thanks for that, Mike. No, thanks for indulging my own uh, it's <laughs> ramblings. As I said, this is this is our number three of podcasting after the uh, silver screen thing. So uh, at this point, I'm lucky I'm making any sense. So thanks for putting up with it. <laughs> That's fair enough. Is there uh, anything you want to plug or give listeners ways to follow or get in touch? No, well, we've kind of mentioned it, but do always go and check out if you're interested in movies. Uh, as opposed to just specifically Star Trek, the Silver Screen podcast channel. Uh, the most recent review was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Enormous Disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe don't listen to that if you loved the film. <laughs> yeah. um, no, yeah. we tend to be. We are. We are as fair and as justifiable as possible. And I, I kid, but we do. Uh, we did give it a fair review, I think. Um, but yeah, lots of other reviews on there, including a couple of tracks. That's it. Uh, the Silver Screen podcast on YouTube, but. A lot of people have that title for their podcast, so it's actually at the address Marvel Man Mike on YouTube, which is my personal, or was my personal YouTube, or you can just find us via Twitter at podcast underscore screen, or um, Mike's podcast feed, which has this podcast and Silver Screen together, and is now available on everywhere you can possibly listen to podcasts, from Stitcher to Apple to Google to Jizzle to Bizzle to <laughs> whatever <laughs> else. To, to book of faces to whatever else you want to call it you know <laughs> right, right. Just, breaking news i've just we've just got a copyright defamation suit from snoop dogg <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just scrunched up his idea for jizzle into a bin yeah oh, my idea man <laughs> <laughs> damn have you got uh, any personal twitter accounts or social media oh yes yes people can get in touch with you on my I'm always available at Ian Mike Wilson, trying to avoid getting into arguments with racists and idiots, but you know, failing miserably. Failing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, in supporting, uh, I say I'm a multi-fandom person, so if you happen to be a fan of uh, any of the many things that are listed in my bio, like Star Trek, Doctor Who, Super Sentai, Power Rangers, Game of Thrones, the DC Universe, the Marvel Universe, yeah, hit me up on Twitter and we can talk nerd. <laughs> nice one. I'm DK. I can be found at, at AK Style on Twitter. Should uh, any of you feel like checking me out? Oh, cue Kenneth Williams or Matron. Uh, oh, so, so, a big thank you to those of you listening out there. Hit or Miss will be returning later in the year, and as well as our usual episodes, we've also got some new material and surprises coming your way that we think you're going to want to tune in for. So, please like, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Or, as Mike said previously, we are pretty much anywhere that you can get a podcast these days. And if you've enjoyed listening, please, please, please be sure to leave a review and check out our social media accounts. So have a good one, everybody. Uh, do you want to say goodbye, Mike? Or uh, No, I'll, I will let you deliver the uh, the usual sign-off. You've earned it. Oh, okay, <laughs> thank you. So have a good one, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Until then, remember, we are Starfleet. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.